night. Come on. Why don't you shout hallelujah? Glory to your holy name, Jesus. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. Come on. Rejoice. Clap your hands. Worship Him. You have no rival. Come on. Sing it again. You have no rival. Sing. You have no equal. Now and forever, God, you reign. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory. Yours is the name Sing it again. Come on. You have no rival. You have no equal. Now and forever, God, you reign. And yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory. Yours is the name above all. What a powerful name. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. Come on, Gladstone, give Jesus all the glory. We give you 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 glory, Jesus. Somebody get excited. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of Jesus. You know, some people say, well, why do you get so loud and everything? You know, the Bible says that if we won't shout to the Lord, the rocks will do it. I'm not going to let a rock do my job. Who can say amen? Come on, we are bigger than a rock. Somebody give God another big clap offering. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, turn to your neighbor and say, Neighbor, something's about to happen to you again tonight. And you may be seated. Thank you, worship team. Boy, last night was a good night. Amen. I felt the breakthrough come. We can see the fruits of it. Such a spitty that we have to stop tonight. We could have just gone on another week. Well, there's no amens there. If we did go on, who would have come back next week? So let's do another week. Who said that will be good? Half of us, okay. So half of us got revival spirit. The other half don't, bless the Lord. I'm teaching on the keys to the kingdom of God, and, and uh, we have so many new people tonight. Open your Bible in the book of Matthew, chapter 16. Matthew, chapter 16. And uh, 
our foundation scripture is in from verse 13 says, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am, or the Son of Man am? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, the others Jeremiah, and one of the prophets. So Jesus said to his disciples, But who do you say that I am? And then Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon by Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Man, I love that. I can read that like a thousand times. When Peter got the revelation of who Jesus Christ was, and Jesus and God knew that he got the understanding, he said, Peter, because of your revelation of who I am, the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. Come on, we, when you get that authority, when you get that understanding, the devil can do nothing to you anymore. Give him praise if you agree with me tonight. God is for us when you get that revelation. And then verse 19, he says, And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. I will give you the keys. And I've been covering, you know, I, I wish we had more time to cover them because I, I like to teach on seven keys. Seven's always God's number. Who knows that? But anyway, we've gotten down to three keys tonight. And uh, he says, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That is such a wonderful scripture. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Now, there's a lot of people who bind. There's a lot of people who lose, but they don't know the power of the name of Jesus. Therefore, they don't see results in their Christian walk with God. Hello. Remember, I started off on Wednesday night, and I said, Jesus spoke to Nicodemus, a Pharisee, a man who's been in church all his life. And he said to him, Nicodemus, you must be born again. To see the kingdom of God. You must be born of water and the Spirit to enter the kingdom of God. So there's a lot of people who, who are in church. They go to church, but they're not really born again. Who, can, who understands what I mean by that? They just sit there. It's a religious duty for them, but they haven't had that revelation of who Jesus is. Peter got the revelation. Can somebody say amen? He got that understanding. So you must be born again. The first key. I believe to the kingdom of God is salvation. You really need to give your life to Jesus and to trust in Him. Then we went on from there and Jesus walked into the river uh, Jordan to be baptized by John the Baptist. Jesus walked in as a man and then when He was baptized and received the Holy Spirit, He stepped out as God. Who can say amen? He stepped in as Jesus of Nazareth. He stepped out as Jesus the Christ. And what happened, the Bible says, when he was baptized, the Holy Spirit came upon him. And now he received the anointing. He received the authority to do what he had to do. Amen. So last night, the second key is the word authority. And I said to be able to walk in total authority, you need to overcome the temptations in life. Remember? 
What did I teach? Jesus was led now by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Those of you who are not yet won't understand what I'm saying. Get the CD so that you can learn on, on this. And Jesus was taken by the Spirit of God. God took him into, not the devil, God took Jesus into the wilderness to go and test him. Now, there's a lot of people who won't like what I'm saying, but you will be tested by God. You say, I want more. I want to be closer to you. God says, okay, you want to be closer to me? Then let me test you. Let me see how for real you are. Hello, somebody. Let me see how genuine you are. And then God will bring, you know, circumstances. And the three temptations was the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. These are the temptations Jesus had to endure and Jesus had to overcome. And once he had overcome that temptation, he now left the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's when his ministry began. Right? He cast out devils, healed the sick, raised the dead, and did all that glorious stuff. And, 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 but he would not have been able to do that if he didn't understand that he needed to overcome the things of the flesh and of the eyes and of the pride of life. Are you still with me? Tonight, the third key I want to speak about, if you would go with me to Acts chapter 4, verse 12. He says, nor is there salvation, Acts 4.12, in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given amongst men by which we must be saved. Who knows what he's talking about here? Speaking about the name of Jesus. We just sang this beautiful song. I love it. I'll sing the song over and over. What a beautiful name. What a powerful name. What a wonderful name, the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen. Come on, say Jesus. Come on, say it again. How many of you know when we say the name of Jesus, demons begin to tremble? Who saw the Lion King? Who remembers the movie, The Lion King? Anybody see that? Do you remember those three hyenas? Do you remember when the hyenas spoke about the father lion? You know, they said Mufasa. When they said Mufasa, the one hyena went, woo, said, say it again, Mufasa, woo. <laughs> and so when we say Jesus, the demons are trembling right now. Come on, everybody shout Jesus. Jesus. Ooh, that's what the devil's doing. He hates that name. Amen. The devil hates the name of Jesus. So there's no other name given to us on heaven and earth. By which man can get saved. The only name, the only one who can get, bring salvation to us is the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? So the third key that we need to have a revelation on is the powerful name of Jesus. Now you all understand the name of Jesus and, and what I'm about to share with you most probably you already know. But I'm just, I'm just reminding you again. And at the end of this meeting, I want to lay hands on every one of you. And I want to I wanna, I wanna beg you almost to say, come and stand. Let me lay hands on you. Because the purpose of tonight's laying on of hands is that you will get a revelation of the name of Jesus Christ. Come on. That you will get an understanding of the, might, the mighty name of Jesus. That you will know what authority you have. Because we are speaking about the kingdom of God and so the kingdom of God, Jesus came and he preached the kingdom. 
He preached the kingdom. He, he, he taught the scriptures. He preached the message. And he said every time when he came, he said, the kingdom of heaven has come near you. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Hallelujah. Right? So I read this last night, and I'd like to read it again in Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, open your Bible if you've got it, and look at verse 19. We read this last night, but I want to continue. This is where we ended off, actually. Verse 19 says, Jesus is speaking, and he says, Behold, I give you the power. The King James says the power. The New King James says, I give you the authority. I love it. He says, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Hello? What is Jesus saying? It's not Dion Hockey saying that. It's not the, the ACC church or the Methodist church or whatever church you're from tonight. It is what Jesus says. And Jesus says, behold, I give you the authority. When I got saved, I'll never forget it. When I got saved, you know, I planted my first church three days old in Jesus. My first congregation had 400 members in. Hallelujah. That was three days after I got saved. And I remember that before I got saved, uh, uh, you know, I had this incurable skin disease. I was an alcoholic. I was a, a fighter and all of this stuff. And, and I never even believed in Jesus. I never believed in church. I didn't go to church, nothing like that. And uh, I was invited to go to church. Shemaine's mom invited me to go to church, you know, because I had this disease on my body and the doctors couldn't heal me. And so I went to church and I heard about Jesus Christ for the very first time. I was 25 years old. I heard about Jesus. So, you know, you go to school and you hear maybe about baby Jesus on Christmas. And that's about the only time we ever heard about Jesus. You know, never had this revelation about who he was. And that morning they preached about Jesus and, and uh, I, I, they, they spoke about the crucifixion and, and what Jesus did for me. And I got this revelation on the name of Jesus. I'll never forget that when he started the preacher, when he, when, when he had finished uh, doing the altar call, you know, and all of us got saved and I stood in front. And this preacher who was preaching started laying hands on people. I'll never forget it. The very first person he laid hands on was a lady person, and he was too far away. You know, there were about four, 500 people in that meeting, <coughs> excuse me, that morning, that Sunday morning on the 23rd of September, 1990, and uh, there were 500 people, about 300 people were standing out front for, for prayer, and so I stood right in the center of the church, and I'd never been in a church meeting like this one tonight even. And I remember he started praying for a lady on that side. I couldn't hear what he was saying because the music was playing. And uh, he didn't have his microphone. But he was laying hands on this woman, praying, praying, praying. And then what I did hear, way down there, he said this, In the name of Jesus! And that woman hit the deck. Who understands what I mean by that? And I got such a fright. I thought to myself, goodness me, I'm in church and here's a man knocking a woman out, you know. <laughs> Just flatten that woman. My father taught me, you know, men don't hit women. Who, who can agree? You know, you don't do that. Here's the pastor, he knocks the woman out. 
And I remember he prayed for a guy next to her. This guy was big, huge man, and the pastor was this big, and he prayed, 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 and he said, in the name of Jesus, and that big guy hit the deck. And I was so stunned, you know, I, I was so, actually I started getting scared because I know what it is to be in, in, in a gang fight or to be in fights. And he was just dropping them all like that in the name of Jesus. People were just falling out. I saw blind eyes open. I saw people stand up out of wheelchairs. To me it was just, wow, what a revelation. All of a sudden this God that I never believed in just came alive. Who, who's happy about that? You know, you need, a, you need to have a revelation Bless God. It's like these, some of the young ones that, the, who remember, when was it, on Wednesday night or Tuesday night, whenever, when I prayed and God started, you know, healing legs and stuff, and the young people go, whoa, they saw those legs grow out. Who, who's with me? They got a revelation that we're not busy with a storybook God, we're busy with a live God. Hallelujah. Come on. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Give him praise if you agree. He's a mighty God. Anyway, I remember, long story, I didn't mean to share my testimony, but I got, you know, I got healed that morning and I got saved. And Sunday evening, I was in my bedroom praying. And uh, as I was praying, Jesus appeared to me in my prayer and he baptized me with the Holy Ghost. And I started speaking in tongues for three days, uncontrollable. And after the third day on a Wednesday morning, I was invited. I met a pastor uh, uh, those of you who know my testimony will know what I'm saying, but I, I, I met a pastor and we went that evening to go and preach in the place. And uh, there were 400 people sitting in this village, in this building that I went to. There were six witch doctors there. And these witch doctors that were there had come to do traditional healing on people. And there was a lady that was lying in the middle aisle her leg was broken so much so that the bone was sticking right out through the skin. It was swollen and bleeding and all of that stuff. And no doctors or hospitals near there. So they brought her to the witch doctors to get, the, you know, to get her healed. And that evening I was asked to preach. I'm three days old in Jesus. Got saved Sunday morning, healed Sunday morning, filled with the Holy Ghost Sunday night. And now it's Wednesday and I'm standing in front of 400 people and I have to preach to them. Didn't have the opportunity to go to Bible cemetery school. I mean seminary school. <laughs> and uh, anyway, when I started preaching, I spoke about Elijah and the 450 bold prophets, you know. And I spoke about how uh, Elijah challenged the bold prophets. They must build an altar and pray to their God. If their God answers with fire, you know, we know he's the real God. And Elijah said, but if your God doesn't, then I'll pray to my God. And so Elijah does all, does all that, you know, the bold prophets didn't. But Elijah prayed to his God. We know the story and God lets the fire fall. So I challenged the, bold, uh, the uh, witch doctors to heal this lady with a broken leg. Remember, I just got healed on Sunday from an incurable skin disease. And uh, I saw God heal many other people. And so I challenged these witch doctors. I said, come and heal this lady with a broken leg. You believe in your ancestors, then come and do it. Well, they accepted the challenge, and long story short, they couldn't get her healed. And then I, when I'd finished preaching, I, I had this 74, she was 74 years old. I had this lady in front of me, and I said to her, don't worry. 
I'm not going to hurt you because those witch doctors were pulling on the leg and doing all kinds of stuff. You know, she was in agony. And so uh, I, I, and I want to emphasize again, I was three days old in Jesus. I had nothing. I didn't even have a Bible back then at that time. And so I stood in front of this lady with this leg and I asked God inside of me, in my, in my mind, I was speaking and I said, Lord, what do I do? I don't know how to pray for the sick. And the Lord said, put your hand on that leg. And so I went and gently touched that leg. And then I said, what must I do? And, and I heard God speak to me so clearly. He said, ask me to heal her. Then I said, Father, I ask you, please heal this leg. And when I prayed, nothing happened. Nothing. And so I, I, I had my first argument with God. And I said, Lord, the Bible had a good ending. You know the story I was reading to them. I need a good ending here, you know. <laughs> There's 400 people very mad at me. And so this is what I heard God say to me. He said, do you remember how the preacher prayed for sick people on Sunday morning? And I, I, I had to pause for a minute. And I want to share this with you because I believe this is a golden nugget. God does not always give you an immediate answer to your prayer. But he will speak to you by way of parables. In other words, he said to me, do you remember how that man prayed for you? And I had to backtrack and think because God wants us to think sometimes. Who can agree? He wants us to, to search. He wants us to, you know, activate our faith. And I got the revelation. I said, yes, I remember that man Sunday morning, the thing that stood out above everything that happened, he kept saying, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And I got a revelation three days after I got saved, the powerful name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I got a revelation. There is no other name like the name of Jesus. And I remember I put my hand back on that leg and I said, Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus. And when I said that, that bone pushed back under the skin and the hole that was there closed up and new skin was formed. It's, it was a big miracle. I took her by the hand. She jumped up completely, completely healed because of the mighty name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. I saw... Many miracles, many miracles. I wasn't even an ordained minister. I didn't even go to a Bible college. I just got the revelation of the name of Jesus. And I started preaching in the streets. And, and I led 30 to 40 people a day on the streets to Jesus. And, and uh, invitations started coming, you know. And in that time, I, I then went to, to uh, I did some Bible college correspondence. And, and I started getting the faith message. I heard the faith message. And, and I would write down verses, verses like this one. Verse 19 that says, Behold, I give you the authority. You know what I did? And I want to challenge you tonight to do the same. I would put my name in every verse because Jesus speaks to each one of us individually who agrees. He did not only speak to his disciples at this time. He is still alive tonight speaking to us here right now. I said he's still speaking to us right now. I feel sorry for the person who says miracles stopped in the days of Jesus. Then why bother serving him? Huh? 
Why bother serving a God who cannot do miracles, who isn't doing what he did in the Bible time? Then he's a dead, boring God. But my God is alive. He's the same yesterday. He's the same today. He's the same forever. He's the same miracle working. He still does miracles. So I used to write these verses down, and verse 19, I would do it like this. Every morning, I would read the Bible to myself. I would say, behold, I give you, Dion, the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, and I give you, Dion, all power over the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. I used to quote that for about seven months, eight months. Every morning I would wake up and I would look in the mirror. And when I look in the mirror, I see Dion Hockey the loser, the gangster, the fighter, the guy who never accomplished anything. I looked in the mirror and I would look at the old Dion Hockey and then I would look on the scripture. And in the scripture, I didn't see the old Dion Hockey. I saw the new Dion Hockey. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new man. The old man has gone. The new man has come. And I tell you, one day while I was, when I was going through it, you know, actually, I learned it off by heart. When you do a lot of repetition, you learn something, right? Like a parrot. But now the, 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 the scripture, which is called Logos, the Logos word that I was quoting going in here and to many of us going in here and going out there, well, one morning, the Logos word fell from here into here. Who understands that? It's called a rhema. A rhema means to get a revelation. <clears throat> to understand the scripture. Revelation is not new. Revelation means I understand what God is saying. And the revelation that I received, I understood my goodness. What a mighty name, the name of Jesus. You know, I was, I was looking up today and there's just too much information. I can't give it all. But you know, in the law, there is something that is called the power of, a, of a attorney. Who's ever heard that? Which, which means that, you know, God has given us His mighty name. He's given us the power of attorney. That means that we have the exact same power that Jesus had, but we have it in His absence. In other words, He's given us His authority. He's given us His name. He's given us His power. And even though Jesus is seated at the right hand of God in heaven right now, who understands what I'm saying? And, and the Holy Spirit is down here on the earth and He's given us His blessed written word. God says, I'm giving you the power of eternity. I'm giving you, uh, uh, I'm giving you my authority. I'm giving you my right to exercise my name down here on earth. So when I'm praying for people and I'm laying hands on people, it is just as good as if Jesus was here and he was laying hands on you and he was praying for you. Come on. Oh, I hope you get this revelation. We have the written authority by God through his scripture, through the name of Jesus, to exercise the same authority that Jesus had when he walked on this earth. Give him praise if you agree with that. Hallelujah. You have that authority. Matthew 18, 18 says, Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. 
That's the authority God has given us. These keys that has been given to us, He's given us keys to lock and to unlock. Hello. He's given us the keys to open up and to close. I come back what I started on Wednesday and I, and I again I have this middle picture when you see the when you see let's call it the janitor of a big company. And the janitor walks with a big key ring with hundreds of keys on it. Who knows what I'm saying? And everybody would look at the janitor. Who's the janitor? Who's this guy? I want to tell you, he's a man with a lot of authority because he's carrying a lot of keys because he's trusted. Hello, somebody. And this man has the ability to open up certain doors and he could go in if he wanted to and he could, you know, if it was a big corporation, he could get all the secrets and, you know, he could steal stuff. And, but because he's a man of authority and he's a man of responsibility, the keys are entrusted to him. Hello, somebody. <coughs> and if God, <coughs> excuse me, if God can find you and I faithful in our walk with him, getting the revelation of who Jesus Christ is, Truly being born again. He says, I'm handing you the keys to my kingdom. And with these kingdoms, you have the authority to open up and you have the authority to lock. You have the authority to bind and you have the authority to lose. Come on, isn't that good news? Huh? That's such great news. John 16, 23, I want to share this with you because uh, here's another revelation I got. Jesus says, and I quoted it this week, but I want to read it to you now. John 16, 23, Jesus says, and in that day, what day? Well, today. In that day, you, Mr. and Mrs. Christian, will ask me, Jesus, nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Why, why did Jesus put that there? Because he wants you to understand what authority there is in the name of Jesus Christ. That you have the power to bind and you have the power to loose. You have the power to lock open and you have the power to close. He says, until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Somebody say Jesus. What is Jesus telling us tonight? And I have said this before, but I'll repeat it. A lot of people pray sincerely, but they are praying sincerely wrong. Say, so what do you mean? A lot of people are praying to Jesus and asking Jesus for stuff. And God understands our maybe our, our lack of knowledge. Because the Bible says my people perish because of the lack of knowledge. Is that true? So a lot of people are not having prayers answered because they're praying wrong. Their heart is sincere, but they're not getting the results because they're asking Jesus. But Jesus said right here, don't ask me nothing. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, I will give to you. That's a little nugget. I learned that. Three days after I got saved, when I said, Father, I ask you to heal this leg, nothing happened. But when he spoke to me, and when I prayed again, I said, Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus. And when I did that, the miracle took place. 
I love the authority given to me in the name of Jesus. Watch this, John chapter 14. Is anybody feeling encouraged tonight? You have a key to unlock the kingdom. And that key is called the name of Jesus. Verse 13 of John 14 says, And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. There is the key, the authority given to us, the power of attorney. Whatever you ask in my name, I will give it to you. And when I give it to you, your joy will be so great that Father God will be glorified by that. Isn't that good news? If you ask anything in my name, I will do it for you. Look at verse 12. Most assuredly, again, Jesus is speaking. He says, I say to you, he who believes in me. How many of you believe in him? Raise your hand. Let me see. He who believes in me, the works, plural. Somebody say works. Now we're going to make some people mad here because of this. He says, the works that I do not dead, because he's still alive today. I need an amen here. It's not what I did, it's what I'm still doing. The works that I do, he who believes will do also. Am I reading the Bible? If you believe in the name of Jesus, if you believe in Jesus and you got born again, and you truly got the understanding of who he was, then Jesus said the very works that he did, you and I can do right here, right now on this earth today. Nicodemus was in church, a Pharisee, and he saw Jesus do miracles, but he himself couldn't do it, and the people around him couldn't do it. And he went to Jesus, and he said, Jesus, why are you doing what you're doing, and I can't do what you're doing? And he said, because you're not born again. Hello. And when you get this understanding of who I am, Nicodemus, and if you understand that I am the Son of God, and I have authority to do miracles, then you will start doing what I'm doing. Why is 95% of the church today sitting with people in the audience and they've never cast a demon out? They've never healed somebody. They've never had somebody get saved. Why? You need a revelation of who you are in Jesus Christ. Hello. And it makes me so mad when people sit there and they say, well, brother, that's not for me. Then you don't, you're not even worthy to say the name Jesus. Uh oh. Because Jesus said, if you believe in me, the very works that I do, you can do also. And let me blow your mind. He says, and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can do greater works than Jesus. But that was with so much doubt. Say it with faith now. Come on, say, you can do greater works than Jesus. Who agrees with that statement? 
Do you know why I say who agrees? You, 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 can't, you cannot doubt it because I didn't say it. Jesus said it. Is that true? Jesus said it. You can't get mad at me. You, can't, you, you cannot say, well, that's not. Jesus said, if you don't like it, tear that page out of your Bible or delete it from your iPad. But you see, we won't do that because we say, no, we can't do that. But then why are most Christians not doing it? Because they haven't had the revelation. I pray tonight you'll get a revelation of who you are in Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. I pray you'll get the understanding of the mighty name of Jesus. You know, I don't know if I've shared this before or not. Forgive me if I repeat myself. I can't remember everything I say wherever I go. But you know, I've had so many onslaughts on my life, my wife and I. I've had people come and stick knives in my face. And they would say to me, if you say that name Jesus again, I had a knife right here. And the guy said, if you say the name of Jesus, I'm going to kill you. Stop knocking on my door. Stop harassing me. Stop telling me about this Jesus. I don't care. I don't want him. I'm going to kill you. He stood the big six-inch blade like that right here. He said, I'll kill you. And I looked that man in the eye. You know what? The Bible, the Bible is very clear that we must not allow fear to come upon us. We sang that beautiful song tonight. Amen. Right? Don't have fear. But yet when persecution comes, we become afraid because that's the tactic of the devil. And when this man had this knife, he said, I'll kill you. I looked him in the eye and I said, Satan, you foul lying devil. In the mighty name of Jesus, I bind you and I command you, let him go. That's what I said. And that guy had that knife and, and he, 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 his hand started going like that and he, he couldn't have control and, and the knife fell out of his hand. Come on, somebody. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I think I've shared this testimony. If I haven't, forgive me, but I remember I was, I was doing door-to-door, knocking on doors and evangelizing. And, and I remember a man putting a 90-kilogram rod viola on me. Who knows a rod viola? That's a thing with big teeth. And he bites. And I remember when that dog came running around the corner because I was on this man's property and he set that dog to attack me. And when that dog came snarling at me, I said, Sit in the name of Jesus. And the dog went, hur, 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 just sat down. <laughs> Come on, we have authority in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Some people say, I just don't believe what you're saying. I was preaching, and while I was preaching, the mafia in our country said a hitman to kill me. And this 19-year-old this kid got high on heroin, and he was told by the mafia bosses that he had to do a public display because, you know, I was preaching so much that um, all, the, all the nightclubs were closing down, and the bartenders and the waiters were getting saved. Hallelujah. And revival broke out in this one city that we were at. And uh, the mafia sent this hitman to kill me. And he said, you are to walk into that church. He said, and you are going to kill that preacher in front of everybody. And you'll make a statement. He said to the young man, he said, don't worry, we'll get you out of jail. We'll take care of you. But you just kill him publicly. And I remember while I was preaching, that man came down the aisle. He was high as a kite. He had his knife and he came running down to kill me. And as he came running down to kill me, there was an invisible wall in front of me. And this guy ran, boink, hit this wall and fell to the ground. Just hit the wall, fell to the ground. As he fell to the ground, he jumped up. 
I was looking, everybody was looking, you know, and he came a second time, and I said, in the name of Jesus, and when I did that, God picked him up and threw him a little bit further back to the ground. Hallelujah. We have authority in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on. We have power in the name of Jesus. I'll never forget it. The third time he jumped up, and when he jumped up, you know, and he came for me, I said, in the name of Jesus, he fell to the ground, and so thank goodness some of the ashes woke up by that time, and got hold of him, you know, <laughs> took the knife off of him, and, and I walked up to this young man, and he was, you know, he was just, the demons were manifesting inside of him, and, and I said, in the name of Jesus, all you demons come out, and <laughs> forgive me, but this is so funny, I have said this one before, but he was trying to use the, you know, a cuss word, the swear word, and he would do this literally, this is what he was doing, he says, what the f is going on? I can't even swear. Come on, even the name of Jesus will shut that foul mouth up. Hallelujah. God is powerful. God is great. And I cast those demons out of that young man. He got gloriously saved. Went to Bible college. He's a preacher today in our country. Hallelujah. Oh. I wish you could understand what power there is in the mighty name of Jesus. There is so much authority in the mighty name of Jesus. Pastor James, I don't know if I've told this to you. When we were in India, <clears throat> I don't know if you were that evening there. It was one of these big open-air meetings, and uh, there's a huge stage, and there's all these thousands of people coming. They had these big spotlights up. And uh, the Hindus were on this, like, a, a road on the opposite side of the field, and the Hindus... You know, they got, us, they, they, they got to see the Christians are up to something. So they like to come and make a quick buck. So they bring all their little food cards out. <laughs> Who understands that? And they're going to sell their food to the Christians. And I'll never forget it. I don't know if you were there that night, but I don't share this much. But I, I just, <laughs> Shemaine knows. So yeah, we were selling. There must have been about six or 7,000 people out there. And there were these big bugs they, they had these stingers on them. Don't know if you remember. The most ugliest bug I've ever seen in my life. Big. And they were swarming everywhere. And I just, you know, and I'm, I'm to preach, and I must admit, I don't like bugs. You know, I'm just. And so I, I prayed very silently there, and I said, Father, I said, we are your Christians, and we need, to, we need to get this message out, Lord. And I'm not going to play, you know, duck and dive because of the bugs. Please take these bugs away in Jesus' name. That's what I prayed. And you can, you can ask my wife, and I don't know if Pastor James will remember this, but suddenly it was, you know, it was a square piece of ground, and it was as if God took a glass box and put it over that field. And the bugs, you could see them swarming by the lights, but not crossing over the barrier to where the Christians were sitting. I'm t do you remember that? I don't know if you saw that. But I said to Shemaine, look at that, what God has just done. And the poor other guys with their food cards, they were just, zap, 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 zap. they were just being stung all the time. I, I, you know, I, I had a glimpse of what it must have been like with the 10 plagues of Egypt. Truly. Where I saw God just put a barrier there. No bugs came near us. Isn't God a wonderful God? Hallelujah. 
What a powerful name he is, Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Jesus. Say all power and all authority has been given to me. In Jesus' name. How many of you agree? Go to Mark chapter 16. Mark 16. Jesus said to them, verse 15, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, and he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow who? Mark chapter 16. See some of you are still paging. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. Everybody look at it. If you don't have a Bible, look at your neighbor's Bible. Because I want you to see the word. Jesus is speaking. Jesus said, these signs will follow those who? Who? He, he didn't say these signs will follow the Pentecostal church. He didn't say these signs will follow the charismatic church. He didn't say these signs will follow the Baptist church or the Methodist church. He said these signs will follow those who believe. Am I speaking the truth? In the name of your pastor. Huh? In the name of the evangelist. In the name of the university that you studied at. What does it say? In my name. Whose name is that? Come on, help me say his name. In my name. He who believes will, number one, cast out demons. Mr. and Mrs. Christian, when last have you cast a demon out of somebody? And I know you're looking at me again and you're doing that. But I want to ask you, you said you're a believer, you all raised your hand. When last have you cast a demon out of somebody? And don't come and tell me, but that, that's not for today. That's a lot of nonsense. That's a lot of nonsense. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and so is the devil. And when Jesus walked about the earth, he cast out demons, and he said, I'm giving you my name. I'm giving you my power of attorney. I'm giving you my authority. I'm giving you all that I am. I'm giving to you. Therefore, you must cast out demons. Demons, what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Jesus said, if you believe in me, the works that I do, he who believes will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. Am I speaking the truth? And yet 95% of most Christians, even after they've come to my meeting, and even after I've laid hands on you seven times, and even after you fell out under the power of God, and even after you speak in tongues, baptized in the Holy Ghost, you still haven't cast out demons. What does that tell me? You're afraid. You don't want to do with this stuff. Why not? 
because you haven't had the revelation of who you are, number one, and number two, the mighty name of Jesus Christ. There is a couple of us who do that, but in general, imagine if each and every one of us in this room tonight was operating in the same authority that Jesus did when he was walking on the earth. What a big revival Gladstone would have had already. Who agrees? Now, the sad thing is I've heard some people say, well, the power stopped in the days of Jesus. It stopped with the apostles. And that's why most people are walking around powerless and clueless about the kingdom of God and the authority that we have. But I'm giving you good news tonight. I said, I'm giving you good news tonight. You have the name of Jesus. You have the authority. You have the power given by God to you. There is a glory inside of you that is yet to be revealed. Those of you who are here on Wednesday. There is a something inside of you that needs to be unlocked and come out. Why? Romans chapter 8 verse 19 says, For there is an earnest expectation of the creation that is eagerly waiting for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. Hello? There is an earnest expectation of the sons of the people of this area that wants to see where are the genuine Christians. I believe in good music. I believe in having stage lights and smoke machines. I'm for that. But that can never replace the glory of God. Who agrees? You can jump and sweat and shout and you can do somersaults and become weird in front of God's presence. I'm for that. I don't have a pain. But if you walk out of here, what did that jumping, shouting and sweating do for you in the streets? What did that do? What change did you bring into somebody else's life? You can quote 10,000 scriptures frontwards to backwards and backwards to frontwards. I don't care. I want to see what have you done for God's kingdom? Who agrees? Who wants revival? I was preaching up in our, in our country in a town uh, called Heidelberg. And uh, Heidelberg was known for the headquarters of the satanic church. I was ministering. There was about 800 people then. While I was ministering, there were a couple of witches there. And there were a couple of Satanists there who came to try and disrupt our meeting. Boy, I like that. The devil's so stupid. I'm not getting one amen here. Said the devil's stupid. You know, Satan will pick on the weaklings. And Satan will pick on those who don't know who they are. And yes, they are Christian. But Satan will keep on harassing them because they're not exercising the authority given to them. So the devil knows not to knock on my door. He'll try to many times, but you know what? He leaves with his tail between his legs because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Somebody says, Dion, you're very arrogant and you're very, you know, you speak very big words. No, I'm speaking to you out of a position of kingship, leadership, and authority. I know who I am in Jesus. And my idea of preaching is not to brag up here, is to say you have the same anointing. You have the same power. You have the same authority. You have the same Bible I have. Hello. Your mind needs to be renewed. You need to understand who you are in Jesus. And if you say, but what, what? No, there's no buts. The devil buts, hello. Sheep follow. Goats but sheep follow. 
Oh boy. Did you get that one? A goat. But, but, but. No buts. Say with me, Jesus. These Satanists were there in my meeting. They were trying to disrupt the meeting. So I gave an altar call. In actual fact, in a, in, 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 at a time, the Lord said there were witches here. And I said, oh, cool, while I'm preaching. And uh, I said, Lord, when can, I, when can I speak about this? And he said, you can do it right now. I said, the Lord just revealed to me there's two witches here. And you've come with your cohorts and you've come to disrupt my meeting. When I said that, one witch jumped up and ran out the church. The other witch just got stuck there because the Holy Ghost got hold of her. And she just sat there. And all the other uh, 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 Satanists, they, they couldn't run. They were just, you know, they were bound supernaturally. And I started casting out demons. I want to tell you, it was so powerful that night that when my eye made contact with the people in the audience, the demons started manifesting. When you have authority and you know who you are in Christ, those demons, they know who you are. It smelled like um, sulfur. I don't know what's the right word. The, the whole building started to stink because of the amount of demons. I'm talking about my record now is 42 demons manifesting in one service at the same time. Can you imagine if that had to happen tonight? How many of you would run out that door? Turn to your neighbor and say, I don't ho hope you don't have a demon. You're in trouble tonight. <laughs> Who believes in stuff like this? You know, some people say, but, 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 you know, it sounds like always one or two people. No, you have that authority. You've got the name of Jesus. One guy was manifesting so badly, he was just all over the place. He was crawling and he was fighting and doing all stuff like that. And uh, it was about 12.30 the night. He calmed down. We went home. I got into the hotel room. The pastor of the church phoned me. It was now about a quarter to one in the morning. He said, Dion, do you still have your clothes on? I said, yes, I do. He said, I, I, I'm picking you up right now. There's trouble. I said, all right. So he comes. He picks me up. One o'clock we go to where this young guy was, a Satanist. And he lived in a, in a school hostel. Are you familiar with a school hostel? A, you know, where the kids stay in, in rooms and Actually, this young man's parents were the house mother and house father of that, of that hospital. So when I got there, all the kids were outside in their pajamas, you know, outside. And, and, and the building was, was empty and, the, and there were teachers out there and everybody was panicking and freaking out and saying, what in the world, you know? And so we get there and I say, what's going on? And they said, in the, in the room, in the room, he, he's manifesting. And so I and the pastor walk in. And yes, this young man sitting like Spider-Man in the corner of the, of the room up in the roof. He was sitting with his hands and his feet like this, looking at me, just in his underjocks. And when he saw me, he freaked out because when he sees the anointing come in, come on, somebody, the pastor was trying to cast the devil out of him. That demon had, didn't want to do anything. Other people tried to cast the devil out, didn't want to have anything. 
When we walked in there, and I looked at him, I said, Satan, now in the mighty name of Jesus, I command you to let him go. When I said that, he was, he was naked, obviously, just in his underpants. It was like taking six or seven razor blades, and he was being cut open. And you want to tell me that this church stuff is boring. <laughs> and Christianity is boring. Hello, you can ask my wife. He was being shredded, screaming as the demons were tormenting him. Everybody tried to cast the demons out, they couldn't. I walked up to him and I said like this. Now let me say, the gift of faith, the working of miracles comes with the baptism of the Holy Spirit who understands that. And we have the name of Jesus by which all power and authority has been given to us. But by God's grace, sometimes he will allow the gifts to operate with the name of Jesus. Hello. And I said to that young man, I spoke to that demon spirit, and I said, you tormenting spirit, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I command you. He was there in the corner. I said, you let him go. He fell like a cloth to the ground. Boom. And they lay there, and he was still being tormented. And I said, now, you tormenting spirits, you come out of him. And as I said, you come out of him, when the demons started coming out, the cuts that were there were being instantly healed again. And when we left, 30 minutes later, he was in his right state of mind, completely healed. Come on, by the power and the authority that we have. Somebody says, you're making me scared. No, I don't want you to be afraid. I want you to understand who you are in Jesus. Who can say amen. I want to give you one more scripture. I want to lay hands on you tonight. Who's ready for that? The first book of John. The first book of John. Let's go there. Chapter 1. Thank you, Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and say, the devil's not happy now. Who agrees? Who agrees we have authority? Who knows that the name of Jesus is above every other name? I want to find the scripture. Uh, I, it's, I, I, did I say chapter 1? Let me... At chapter 2, sorry. Chapter 2. I want you to look at verse 20. 1 John 2, verse 20. It says, But you, that's us, have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Turn to your neighbor and say, You have an anointing. How do I have that anointing? When I got Jesus Christ, got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He says, you have an anointing and you know all things. Now look at verse 27. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie... And just as it has taught you, you will abide in Him. 
all of us tonight have an anointing from God. We have the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And when I leave tonight, I want to trust the Lord by the laying of hands that you will have this revelation that not only are you a child of God, not only do you have the name of Jesus, but you also carry an anointing. And with this anointing God has given you, it, the purpose of this anointing is that you can be a shining light out there. Hello. That you can, that you can do the works of Jesus Christ. Not the works of a denomination, not the works of a man, not the works of, a, you know, of some church, but the works of Jesus. Say with me, the works of Jesus. You are to do the same works, the same miracles that Jesus said. Jesus said, if you believe in me, the works that I do, you will do also. Hello. And greater works than these you will do. You can do greater works. You can do the works of Jesus. One guy said, I'm saved by grace. I don't have to have any works. Well, wouldn't the devil love to say that? You didn't hear what I just said. Wouldn't the devil just love to say, you don't have to do any works. You're saved by grace. Because the moment you step out in the power and in the anointing of the Holy Ghost, then the devil's going to be in trouble. Souls are going to get saved. Bodies are going to be healed. People will be delivered because of the work that you're doing for Jesus. The devil says, no, you're saved by grace. You don't have to work. That's a lie. Yes, we are all saved by grace, of course. It's not our works that will save us, but God still gives us instruction. Can I say that again? We are saved by grace, not by works, but without works we don't have faith. And Paul said without faith it's impossible to please him. Paul said you say you have faith, I have faith. He said I'll show you my faith by the works that I do. Nobody's with me. Come on, here's another one. Matthew chapter 5, go there. Matthew chapter 5. Somebody say the name of Jesus. Oh, the name of Jesus is above every other name. At the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee shall, every tongue shall confess. Look at verse 13. Verse 13 of Matthew 5. Jesus speaking. He says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? See, a lot of people are sitting in church, but they've lost the flavor of the church. He said, it is good then for nothing, but to be thrown out and to be trampled underfoot by men. Look at verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Right? Now, he has the commandment. Jesus, he's saying it. Don't get mad at me. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your what? Good works. Somebody say works. And what will happen when they see your good works? They will glorify your Father who is in heaven. I'm fed up with some people who just preach the whole time, you know, about the love of God and the grace of God. And I'm for that. I believe in that. But without faith, we cannot please God. We need to put works by our faith. That's how we will have church growth. And that's how we will see lives being transformed. 
Boy, there's only two or three amens here. Turn to your neighbor and say, speaking to you now. Get busy. Say to your neighbor, get busy. Say, with what? With the things of God. Don't get busy with the things of the world. Get busy with the things of God. Let your light shine. Let your light shine. Let your light shine. I said, let your light shine. Where? Before men. Not at home, behind closed doors. Let your light shine before men. Let them see you're a Christian. Let them know what you stand for. Let them know what you believe in. Can I say amen? Stop being an undercover agent for Jesus. Work. Be proud of who you are. Let your light shine. Be the salt of the earth. Are people going to hate you for that? Yes. Are people going to love you for that? Yes. You can't please everybody. Amen. Did Jesus make the devil mad? Are we Christians? Are we like Jesus? Do we have the name of Jesus? Do we have the authority of Jesus? Do we have the power of Jesus? Then go and make the devil mad. I said, go and make the devil mad. I dare you. And when people want to come and fight against you, just say to them, in the name of Jesus. Watch what happens. Amen. Did you learn something? Give God a clap offering. Thank you, Jesus. You'll understand I just touched the surface. I mean, I haven't even gotten into the mighty name of Jesus. I love it, the prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. When you begin to look at the names of God, and you begin to go into those names, and you begin to speak those names in your prayer time, and you begin to call out on those names, just amazing how empowered you become, how much glory you see. Father, we thank you for the anointing tonight. It's been a good week, Lord. You have spoken to us. Some people see it as a hiding. Other people say it as, see it as power. Lord, you are renewing our minds. Lord, you are conforming us and changing us and taking us. You're transforming. I'm sorry. You're transforming us. Taking us out of the world. and You're putting us with Jesus, your son. Lord, I've preached my heart out. Everything I've said tonight, they've already heard, Lord. And Father, your word says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor, labor in vain. I can't make these people do what I spoke on tonight, Lord. I can share my testimonies, Lord, and I can tell them what I've done. But God, you're the one. You're the one who brings the revelation. You're the one who brings understanding. You're the one who equips the saints. You're the one, Lord, who empowers your people. And Lord, I, I've run out of options. My only option tonight I can do by faith is to lay hands on them that they may have a revelation on your name, Jesus. Father, I'm asking you in the name of Jesus, when I lay hands on them, that people will be baptized with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Not only will they receive that anointing which Jesus had, but Father, that they will exercise the mighty name of Jesus. Those who are bound by alcohol tonight, that they will resist Satan by saying in the name of Jesus. 
those who are bound by drugs and smoking, Lord, and pornography, that they will say in the name of Jesus and they'll stop drinking, smoking, and whoring around, Lord. I ask you, God, that your name, Jesus, will break and destroy every yoke of bondage in Jesus' name. Nobody's agreeing with this prayer. I pray, Father God, that in the name of Jesus, all, all fear will go. I pray that all complacency will go. All laziness will go, Father God. Lord, there's so many young people here tonight, Father. So many young men and women that have had an encounter with you, Father, last week and this week, Father. And yet, Lord, they are our future. And Father, I pray that you will doubly anoint them tonight. Father, when the spirit of jealousy comes upon the older folk because the young ones are on fire, Lord, I pray that the older folk will just bear with them and learn and grow and be strong. Jesus, I can do nothing more. I can do nothing more. It's up to you now, Lord, to anoint your people. It's up to you, Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed, before I lay hands on you, you must understand to be born again means to surrender your whole life to Jesus Christ. A lot of people say, I've given my heart to Jesus, but have you given him your life? A lot of people say, Jesus is my Lord, and is he really your Lord? Are you bowing your knee to the things of the world? Are you born again tonight, Christian? I'm not asking you, do you go to church? Everybody goes to church. I'm asking you, are you born again? I know of some people who, who go to church because they want to be buried one day. That's the wrong reason to go to a church. Are you saved from damnation? Are you saved from going to hell? Have you ever given your life completely to Jesus Christ? If you died right now, do you know that you'll go to heaven? Or will you go to hell? And if you say to me, Brother Dion, I want you to pray for me. I don't want to go to hell. I don't know if I'm born again. But I want to make right with Jesus tonight. I want to give my life to Jesus. My life is falling apart. All hell is breaking loose. I'm struggling. Tonight I acknowledge that I need a Savior, Jesus. I need Him in my life tonight. Intercessors pray in the Holy Ghost, those who can pray. Father, we're asking you that you will come. And there's a great lot of people here tonight, Lord. I don't know them, Jesus, but you know them. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your convicting power right now. Thank you that you are convicting these people sitting here tonight. That they will surrender their hearts and their lives to you, Jesus. That they'll be born again, like Nicodemus. With nobody looking, except me.
If you would like for me to pray for you for salvation, when I count to three, I want you to lift your hand. If you are a visitor from another church, we don't want you to join this church. It's not our purpose. We want you to go back to the church where you belong. But please do not miss this opportunity for salvation. If you're sitting here tonight and you say, but we don't do this, what you're doing in our church. Well, you're not in your church, now you're here. Matthew chapter 10 verse 32 said, Jesus said, if you will confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father who is in heaven. If you will deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father who is in heaven. That's why tonight we make a public declaration of the decision we're going to make for Jesus. So when I count to three and you want to give your heart to Jesus, then you raise your hand. Are you ready? Don't worry about your friend, your neighbor, whoever's sitting next to you. You and Jesus. One, two, three. Thank you, 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 thank you. I see your hand. Thank you, I see your hand. Thank you, I see your hand. Thank you, I see your hand. You say, Dion, that's scary. If I put my hand up, what will people say? Who cares? It's what Jesus knows. The guy sitting next to you cannot save you tonight. It's you and Jesus. I know that some of you are in a battle right now. One side of your mind is saying, don't do it. The other side is saying, do it. Put your hand in the air. The other side is saying, no, don't do it. Don't listen to that negative voice. Listen to God. He's calling you tonight by name. So quickly, one more time. If you say, Dion, please pray for me. Lift that hand high. Wave your hand at me. Let me see where you are. Those guys have raised their hands. Come on, lift your hand. Now stand to your feet real quickly. Come on, be bold, be brave, and stand. Everybody stand and raise their hands. Stand, 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 stand for Jesus. Those of you that are standing, now make your way to the front. Come on down here. Don't be shy. No, no, no. Come, come, come. I want to pray for you. Come. Let's give God praise for them. Let's encourage them. Let's encourage them. Come on. Do you, do you know what God Satan kicked out of heaven? Who knows what God Satan kicked out of heaven? Pride. Somebody say pride. Do you know that your pride will prevent you from getting saved tonight? You say, I'm not going to get out there in the front. Are you mad? You want me to stand in front there? What's the matter with you? No, I'm standing in front because I'm acknowledging in front of everybody I'm making Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. I'm not ashamed of Jesus. Audience, would you turn to your neighbor? Help me. Please help me. Listen, there are, there, I know there are people who want to come down, but they're scared. So will you evangelize right now? Quickly ask your neighbor. Neighbor, are you right with Jesus? Come on, I dare you. Evangelize. Are you right with Jesus? Who's glad for these salvations tonight? Come on, give God praise. Well, let's all stand to our feet. Please do not leave tonight 
There's one opportunity I have to lay hands on you for the release of the anointing. Do not miss this opportunity tonight. And quickly again, ask your neighbor, ask somebody else now. Say, neighbor, are you very sure your life is right with Jesus? Come on, evangelize. Are you very, very sure? Go to somebody if you have to. I dare you. Go to somebody and say, listen, are you right with Jesus? I want to help you. I'll take you by the hand. I'll move forward with you. You don't have to go on your own. I'll take you by the hand. Pastor James. Brilliant. I tell you what, how about we just move along here? Come, just move along to the middle. Can we just come over? Can you? That'd be great. Just so we can front and center. Isn't it wonderful, children? I just think, you know, I encourage you, don't deny a child if they come every week, commit their life to Christ. Because you can never understand. Because the reality is, is that sometimes there's a, there's a progressive revelation that's happening in their hearts about Jesus. And that's special. That's wonderful. So what we're going to do is, this is exciting. Very exciting. Hello. And you know, it's very, some of you may have responded before, but you know, tonight, I love the thought that we can believe in the, you know, we can have maybe given our heart, but have we given our life? Well, tonight we're giving our life to Christ. We're giving our life to Christ and saying, God, I want to be what you want me to be. So we're going to just simply pray a prayer. And I want you to repeat it with me. It's a prayer that, that I want you to make in your heart and make your own prayer. And can we all do this, of course, so we can support these people just here? How about we pray it right now? Heavenly Father, I come to you tonight just as I am. And I thank you that you accept me. Lord, I give you my life because I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that God, you raised your son from the dead so that my sin could be forgiven and I can be resurrected as well as a believer in Jesus. So thank you, God. I receive you into my life. Help me, Lord, to live for you, to believe in you, to walk with you, to talk about you, to be your child now and forever. Thank you, Lord, that you embrace me in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let me just pray. Father, I thank you for every person here tonight. I thank you stands before you. Father, all heaven rejoices, it says. They get excited just for one person, but let alone so many tonight. And we thank you for them. Lord, from the youngest to the oldest right here, I pray they'll have a revelation, Father, of your incredible love and who they are in Jesus Christ. Father, we pray that you'll protect them and strengthen them in their faith. That, Father, they won't, they'll know that they don't walk alone. That, Father, that actual fact that they'll know that, that your baptism in the Holy Spirit as well, if they're not already, so that, Father, they can walk in strength 
We commit them to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. As I say, we said before, hey, we got some more that's brilliant. As I've said before, you know, just three things very quickly. Some of you know this, but just listen again. You know, the Word of God, just reading God's Word is so vital. If you haven't got a Bible, we'll give you one tonight. Just a, it's, got, it's like God's guidance, direction. The second thing is you can talk to God anytime. Just as you talk to your friends, you can talk to God. And thirdly, find yourself in a church. If you go to another church, go back to that church. If you haven't got a church, this one's a good one. You can come here. There's lots of good ones, but you can come here. And we'd love to encourage you. So how about what we would like to do is just take a moment to take some information. And uh, that won't take too long and you can be released back into the meeting. So if you could go back down this little aisle, Tians is there, I'll give you a wave. And I'd like all those who are counsellors, please, to go with them now. That'd be great. Please, we need your help, guys. So just for a moment, give them a hand as they go. Brilliant. Those who are regular in our church, if you can help them, just take the names. That'd be great just to support them. Thanks, Dion. Brilliant. All righty. So you have a choice. You can go home or you can come forward for prayer. While I was standing there, a scripture came to mind. But Paul said, after many years of serving the Lord and preaching, Paul said this, Oh, that I may know him more. Who remembers that? That I may know him more. So tonight, I want to lay hands on you as we close off these meetings. And I want to ask God that He will give you a revelation on the name of Jesus. That He will give you a, re a revelation of who you are in Him. Come on. That you can do what He did. Who wants that? Come on down. Come on down. Come on down. Come on down. Don't think about it, run down. You should be running down. You should be hungry for it. You should be thirsty. Say, Lord, I want to know you more. I want a revelation on the name of Jesus. I want a revelation of who I am, Lord, in you. Not just to quote a scripture, but to be the scripture. I want to be the scripture. I want to be the scripture in action. Don't stand directly behind someone. Like last night, you know what happens? People fall over. So make sure there's space between you and the person in front of you. Did anybody enjoy this week? Who enjoyed this week? Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to us. We're going to Rockhampton tomorrow. I'll be preaching in Rocky, so please pray for us. God will give me strength to continue. I still got another eight weeks of preaching, and then it's December time before I can go home. My wife and I have been away from home now for three months, whatever the time is, I can't remember. I've only seen my house four weeks of this whole year I've been at home. Think about that. Four weeks, my wife and I have seen our children. May God give you a revelation of His kingdom and to know that we've got nothing to take with us except souls one day. Did anybody hear what I just said? We put Jesus number one. So we have. Father, I'm asking you as I lay hands upon your people. 
Lord, that the very last bit of strength that is in me tonight, that I can lay hands on them, that you will anoint them, that your Holy Spirit will come upon them, and that you will baptize them, Father, with a fresh fire, and that they would truly, Lord, I'm asking you truly tonight, that they would have the understanding of the power and the authority that they would have in the name of Jesus. That Jesus is not just some name. It's not a cuss word. But that the name of Jesus is above every other name. I pray that the keys of the kingdom will be released upon them. I pray for the key of worship. I pray for the key of prayer. I pray, Father, for the key of the fear of the Lord. May your fear come upon these people. Lord, may they respect you and honor you in every church service, Lord. May they respect you, Father, and honor you. May they serve you. This is my prayer tonight, Lord. I pray for the double portion tonight, the triple portion, quadruple portion. Lord, whatever they are able to handle, Lord, I ask you that you'll give it to them. Whatever they are willing to receive tonight, Lord, I ask that you will give it to them. Your name, Jesus. Your name, Jesus. Close your eyes and begin to say the name of Jesus. Come on, just begin to whisper His name. Jesus. 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 If you are sick in your body, when I lay hands on you, God can heal you. If you are bound by addiction, God can heal you tonight. If you are bound by fear, God can set you free tonight. The name of Jesus will heal you, deliver you, set you free. You just got to believe in that wonderful name, Jesus. That wonderful name, Jesus. Come on, worship Him, worship Him, worship Him, worship Him. This is your last opportunity tonight for me to lay hands. Receive, 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 receive from Jesus. We worship you, we worship you, we worship you. Oh, we worship you, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Don't stand behind somebody. They're going to fall. Make space between you and the person in front of you.
Thank you. 